millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. The Women's World Cup Show. It's a really, really good finish. I love goals like that on TalkSport 2. Hello, hello. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Others. What a day as the group stages come to a close. Two-time world champions and one of the favourites for the tournament, Germany, are out. A one-all draw against South Korea, not enough to see them through because debutantes Morocco make more history to qualify for the last 16 after beating table toppers Colombia. Those results have implications for England if they can beat Nigeria in the last 16. But Nigeria boss Randy Waldrum is confident Confident heading into the knockouts. The European champions, we've already played the Olympic gold medalists, we've already played the host nation, so it's just going to be another one of those matches that we've already been playing in. We'll be previewing all the last 16 games, including World Champions USA's match against Sweden, with their captain Lindsay Horan responding to criticism of their performances so far. Again, it is noise. Um, sometimes, you know, you hear it, you see it, and sometimes it's hard to get away from it. One way to get away from it, Lindsay, is by thinking of more light-hearted things like what England midfielder Jordan Nobbs would want to be if she wasn't a footballer. I know I'd want to be an F1 driver. I love everything fast, so yeah, an F1 driver. Back to football matters and we'll cross to Molly Hudson from The Times, who's out in Australia, to see how England's preparations are going. Loads to get through. Thanks for being with us. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. I'm Alex Greenwood and you can listen to the Women's World Cup on TalkSport. Happy Thursday, you lovely lot. How are you doing? What did you make of the final group games? Oh, my goodness me. Halfway through the tournament now, and we know our last 16 lineups. So we'll be going through all those eight games in depth as a bit of a preview. Delighted to say that former Spurs captain Jenna Scalacci is with me. Jenna, the Germans are out. Uh, I know. I can't believe it. I think I'm going to give up giving predictions in this World Cup because everything I'm predicting is completely wrong. I mean, who see who saw that coming? Not even getting out of the group. Nobody. Incredible. Nobody. Incredible. Absolutely <laughs> remarkable. We will review those Group H games and delve into the last 16 matchups later on. But let's find out what's been going on in the England camp. They've been training at their base in Terrigal, just north of Sydney. Times football writer Molly Hudson's covering England out in Australia and was there to watch the 6-1 win over China. How are you doing, Mol? I'm good, thank you, Faye. I think we're all trying to keep our feet on the ground after that 
victory over China. Certainly uh, surprised us again, Serena Wiegmann. So it's been uh, an interesting couple of days. Yeah, it certainly has. England trained today, just 15 minutes open to the press. Not much to see, but all players are fit. Former England defender, now manager at San Diego Wave, Casey Stoney has been writing in the Times today. Uh, she said she now believes that because of this plan B back three formation, the Lionesses can go all the way. Do you see that? I think the formation was a bit of a game changer, really. I think we've talked for a long time about Rachel Daly and Lucy Bronze being fantastic going forward, but they've always left a, a little bit of space in behind them when they play as, as fullbacks. So I think what that 3-5-2 formation really did was, was utilise their strengths. I think it, it helped England particularly going forward, obviously, in, in the opening couple of games. We'd struggled a little bit. Uh, finding the net, Alessia Russo, Lauren Hemp had, had kind of looked out of form. And I think when you have both of them there working together, it, it just helps. There was just so many more options in the box when England went forward. So I think that's a hugely positive sign. I think we have to get not too carried away because China weren't the best opposition, if we're being honest. I think they, they really struggled. Um, and it's the first time they've, they've ever gone out of a World Cup at the group stage. So they were a little bit underwhelming. I think it'll be interesting to see what, what England do going forward. And I think perhaps what that formation does is, is just give England a little bit more solidity when they're being counter-attacked. Because I think that was something, even against Haiti in that first game, it, it just looked an area where England really struggled defensively. And... We know Leo Olimson is missing in that back line. Maybe it's not England's strongest area. So I think in, in that sense, this formation did seem to find the answer to that. So I completely understand why um, England will be a lot more optimistic, I think, going into this knockout stage. Hi, Molly. Obviously, going into the last 16 game against Nigeria, England do have three players on yellow cards. Lucy Bronze, Georgia Stanway and Lauren Hemp. Do you think this is going to play into Serena Wigman's thinking in terms of her selection? I think it will, of course, be be part of Serena Wigman's thinking. But to be honest, just with the sheer amount of injuries and and various things that have happened in the build-up to this tournament, I think arguably all three of those probably still start against Nigeria. All of them are, you know, they're experienced players. They they will know. Obviously, they need to be treading that tightrope in terms of the yellow card, but you you have to trust them at, at this elite level knockout stage of a World Cup. There's just nothing you can do, really, other than have the trust in them and believe that they'll make the right decisions when it comes down to it. And, and Casey Stoney mentioned a little bit in her column uh, that Farrell Williams was, was on the wrong end of one of those decisions back in 2007, ended up being suspended for the next game and England went out so it's 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 very important that those players you know do approach this game with the right mentality and I think what hopefully England will happen a little bit similar to the China game where um, Georgia Stanway was withdrawn at half time because the game was already won and obviously that's the absolute ideal scenario that you hope for but you can't bargain for anything in the round of 16 of a World Cup. Yeah, game management's really key, isn't it? Uh, what's the plan for England over the next few days, Molly? Obviously, the game kicks off on Monday, 8.30am UK time. It's live on TalkSport 2, but, but what are England's plans? We've got our first piece of proper player media access on Saturday, so we'll get to speak to one England player then. Um, then, obviously, on Sunday, we'll have the usual 
Uh, match day minus one media access with Serena Wiegmann and uh, it's usually a very senior player that joins her, perhaps Millie Bright for that press conference. Um, I will be travelling to Brisbane on Sunday. Um, quick quick in and out trip. We're mostly based in Sydney now for the, for the rest of the tournament. Um, if it all goes well for England um, and they can reach the final, this will be the last game that they play outside of Sydney. So they're really enjoying that base camp at the moment. That's part of the reason why the FA decided to go for that. Um, and actually, England have had a very favourable route in that sense, where when you consider the USA are having to, to travel from New Zealand to Australia to play their round of 16 game and then go back to New Zealand. So in that sense, England have been very lucky with their travel. And in that sense, so have I too. <laughs> yeah, you have. Brilliant stuff. Take care, Molly. Safe travels. Thanks, Faye. Hopefully, we'll talk after a successful round of 16 game. Fingers fingers crossed. Thank you very much, Molly Hudson, football writer for The Times, out in Sydney currently. Um, Listen, we're going to do a full preview, Jenna, um, later on in the show of England versus Nigeria. But as... uh, as, as Molly says there, preparation's underway. Uh, uh, with your coaching hat on, what, what does Serena Wiegmann do over the next few days? I think pretty much sticks at the plan before before the last game. I think, you know, the players now have got that, that win under their belt. They've got the goals. I think the confidence will come from that. I think they would have analysed the performance. Still lots to learn. Um, and now the full focus goes to Nigeria, who will be a completely different opposition to what China will possess, different threats. I think, obviously, you've spoken about the players. We just spoke about the players on yellow cards and they're key players for us. They're going to have to be... I, I expect them to start... Mm. You have to remember Georgia Stanway in the final. She was on a, uh, in the Euros on a yellow card. I know. Um, made me feel sick. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think probably the one player you wouldn't want on a yellow no. card in a final. But, you know, she showed her maturity and, and she rose. And, and you know, these are experienced players now. And I have no doubt they just can't be involved in any silly, silliness. And Nigeria are a physical team. So, you know, they have got to be really sensible. Yeah, we're going to hear from Nigeria boss Randy Waldrum uh, very shortly, as well as Lionesses midfielder uh, Jordan Nobbs. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Faker Rothers and Jenna Scalacci with you. Coming up, we're going to round up Group H as the group stages come to a conclusion on day 15 at the World Cup. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Don't forget the TalkSport Network is the place to be for all things Women's World Cup. We'll have live commentary from all of England's remaining matches, plus updates on other games throughout the tournament as well. Thanks for being with us. I'm Faker Ruthers. Jenna Scalacci is with me. And tell you what, Jenna, I had the pleasure of reporting on South Korea 1, Germany 1 for TalkSport earlier on today. And it was an absolute cracker. In case you missed it, no point putting my full-time report in when I can just tell you myself. <laughs> Two-time world champions Germany were sent crashing out of the Women's World Cup group stages in the biggest shock of the tournament so far thanks to a draw with South Korea. First time in their history they've failed to reach the knockout stages. In fact they were one of the pre-tournament favourites and they knew going into this game that all they needed to do was better Morocco's result against Colombia in order to progress in Group H. Alexandra Pop equalised for the Germans just before half-time after South Korea had 
had taken the lead in the sixth minute. A player you know well, Cho, from your time at, at Tottenham, uh, Jenna. And a uh, great goal it was too, splitting the German defence. But despite knocking at the South Korean goal for the entire second half, Germany just couldn't find the breakthrough despite hitting the bar and having a goal ruled offside as well. It was such a massive shock because we'll get to Morocco's result in a minute. The Moroccans ended up beating Colombia. Yeah, I mean, incredible. I just, I was watching it. I, I just couldn't take my, I nearly missed my train to, to get here today because I was just, <laughs> honestly, I just never saw it coming. And you're looking at a German team, I mean, at the beginning of the tournament after they started against 6-0 against Morocco, I had them down as my favourites. Mm. But I think the last two games have just underperformed. I think they knew what they had to do when they got out there today. And you're looking at the players in that starting lineup and the bench. I mean, it's devastating for them um the, the quality that they have the experience and i thought this world cup was going to be the comeback after their disappointment from the obviously losing the euros final last summer but i mean i think i'm still in shock by this result but i think if you're looking at their performances other than the Morocco game, I think. But I said after the Morocco game that they were fallible because mm. actually Morocco had a lot of opportunities and were, you know the scoreline didn't really yeah. represent the game. I felt you know two own goals as yeah. well, and uh, I, I don't know. It just I, I thought that they could go up a gear, and then I covered the Colombia game as well. I feel like I'm Germany's jinx, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I covered the Colombia game, and Colombia were better than them. Yeah. They, they didn't. They were rattled by the physicality of mm. Colombia. They were rattled by the speed of South Korea and so almost Casey Fair became the youngest ever goal scorer in a World Cup at the age of, of 16. Yeah. She hit the bar earlier on, uh, early on in the first half after about two minutes, I think. But then Cho gets the goal on six minutes and, and Germany again were rattled. They didn't know what to do. Yeah, they, they looked really shook in those opening 10 minutes. I think defensively, they were all over the shop. There was no organisation. There were players out of position. And Korea really started on the front foot. And as you say, they had that really early chance. It was a beautiful ball split splitting the defenders and it, it needed a, a save early on and then they didn't take their foot off the gas still Germany didn't get organised if that wasn't enough to wake them up um, and, th and they were punished but yeah you'd think a German team who know what they've got to do with, with that experience mm. would not start on the back foot you know and they'd, they were just all over the shop defensively and I think you know, as you say, the Morocco game, they, they, they gave chances away they just looked very unorganised, vulnerable at the back and I thought they grew into it and obviously Pop's pop, pop, popping up. <laughs> oh, no, pop popping up with the pop Pop's popping, popping out. With the header. <laughs> I think Korea, South Korea got their game plan spot on. Mm. I think they nullified German strengths, which is those crosses into the box onto Pop's, in, in, into Pop in the, in, in the penalty box until just before half time. So I thought it was perfect timing for the Germans there. Mm. Going in at half time, they've got the momentum. And then I thought... Bell made a really clever substitution in the second half where he brought Park on and then went five at the back because the crosses were starting to come in. And Park's, Park, Park's a striker. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So she's, you know, he's just ch ch switched Slot, it up, slotted her, slotted her up. She used her experience and then they nullified that threat that was mm. beginning to grow in Pop. They had the goal disallowed, they rattled the crossbar. Lohman had a, a great opportunity in the closing minutes, but it just wasn't to be, but... Credit to, to Korea there. They got the, the game plan spot on. But, yeah, devastation for for the Germans. Where, where does this German side go from here? M Martina Voss-Stecklenburg is, is such a highly respected coach, but she's going to be absolutely fuming with this, surely. Oh, you would be. I mean, 
Korea have struggled, you know, to pick up any points in this um, in the tournament so far. Uh, you, they hadn't scored or picked up any points no, until this so game. This is probably the perfect game that mm. Germany would want to play, knowing that all they have to do is equal Morocco's result. I don't know whether they took it a bit for granted. I don't know. I, I don't know what mentality, but I think you're looking at the players and the experience. You've got enough quality there to to to, to get past this South Korean team comfortably. Mm. Um, but I think ultimately, if you look at their performances across the group stages, like I said earlier, and then you look at a team like Colombia, who's fought for absolutely everything, mm. I think Colombia deserve it more. Yeah, and, and so do Morocco, because after that 6-0 defeat we mentioned to the Germans, they still had the chance to become the uh, the only debutants to make it out of the group stage. Uh, myself and uh, Jeff Peters were texting each other throughout this, but let's hear Talk Sports' Jeff Peters and his full-time match report. Yeah, Morocco won, Colombia nil, an extraordinary story. Morocco, the second lowest ranked team in the tournament, their first ever World Cup, smashed 6-0 by Germany in the opening fixture. They've incredibly bounced back to progress and sending the Germans home in the process. The only goal in first half stoppage time, Jaidi fouled in the box by Arias. Shebek's penalty saved by Perez, but Ansel Lumari tucked home from close range. Morocco have got the keeper to thank for some crucial saves. Ramirez also hit the post. Morocco will now play France. Colombia take on Jamaica, but Manuela Benegas, the match winner against Germany, will be suspended after two bookings in the group stages. Incredible scenes on a dramatic evening in Perth as both go through Morocco 1 Colombia 0 Colombia will go on to face uh, Jamaica in the last 16 while Morocco will face France and actually a lot of Morocco's players play in France so that's going to be quite fascinating mm. but what another brilliant underdog story this is the World Cup's been full of them so far yeah I mean uh, it's incredible isn't it I think not just for what this team is doing on the pitch but for the knock-on effect it will have for uh, Women all around the world in their country, you know, the first Arab team to ever be in a World Cup now to get through to the the knockout stages. It's pretty phenomenal given as well the backing that they've had is probably nowhere near the standards mm. of other federations in the World Cup. But they've had, they have actually invested. I think I think mm. the, the to give the Moroccan Federation their dues, they have actually invested in this team. Mm. Well and I think they've Look shown, what, shown. What, what what happens when you do invest. I remember when Rosella came, came back from a camp maybe last year and it, the food, the nutrition wasn't on and mm. they were having to t- pack their own snacks and stuff because the nutrition wasn't wasn't good for, you know, these professional athletes. Yeah, they had yeah. to pack their own stuff to make sure they were getting what they needed. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it's shown. They've obviously turned it around and, and this is what happens. But I just think it's a remarkable story. I mean, I think if the at the beginning of the tournament you told Morocco they were going to pick up, you know, two wins in a group stage with Germany and then progress. I know. I don't think they would have even believed it, but I just think it's so inspirational and I think, you know. And when you think of Nuhaila Benzina as well, becoming the first woman to wear a hijab, at a senior World Cup as well makes history just everything about this Moroccan side is really important for the women's game yeah I think that if anything is probably the most powerful image that we've seen so far in this World Cup and again it shows you where the game is going and Mor- Moroccan young Moroccan girls now can t- can see you know these role models that look like them on the football pitch which is just incredible and we've never seen it before um, but yeah, for me, I think that's probably the most powerful image I've seen so far, far this uh, during the World Cup. And I think 
it, it's incredible and they're going to make massive movements off the pitch as well, which I know they're all probably, you know, that's as well what they want to do. Yes, they want to go on and do good things, but they want to change the game for the next generation of Moroccan players coming through. Mm, I had a split screen going on and the devastation and actual disbelief as opposed to devastation. You saw the devastation afterwards from the German players, but yeah. at the beginning it was just like hands on hips, what the hell has just happened? Yeah versus the Moroccans jumping around, hugging each other in tears. It was just incredible. And these group stages have just been such a gift, actually, in this World Cup. It's been a real delight. Um, right, this is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Faker Others and Jenna Scalacci going through everything with you. And coming up, we're going to start looking ahead to the last 16 matches. Now, we know the 16 teams uh, taking part in them. And we'll look more in depth at England against Nigeria. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2 in association with Zero, small business accounting software and proud partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Don't forget, TalkSport have live commentary of all England's remaining games in this World Cup across the network and updates as well of all the other matches. So thanks for choosing to be with us. I'm Faker Others. Jenna Scalacci is with me as well. So bearing in mind today is our last show before England play their round of 16 match against Nigeria. Nigeria on Monday, which is live on TalkSport 2, by the way. It kicks off at 8.30 in the morning. Jenna is going to be on co-coms for that alongside uh, Joe Shannon. We need to get stuck into previewing that game and we'll preview all the other last 16 matches as well after this. But Serena Wigman's side topped Group D, as you know, three wins from three. The 1-0 victories over Haiti and Denmark, a little bit underwhelming perhaps, given England's status as European champions. But they did hit their stride in that 
6-1 victory over China. Nigeria, meanwhile, finished second in Group B with only one win. They are unbeaten going into the last 16, though. They drew 0-0 with Canada and were also goalless in their game against Ireland. In between, they shocked Australia and this is what got them through, ultimately, with a 3-2 victory. Um, let's focus on England first of all, Jenna. Can we expect Serena Wiegmann to make changes again? I mean, the, the formation of three at the back um, worked brilliantly and I think we saw the attacking prowess of of England particularly with the wing backs being able to bomb on uh, knowing that there was a bit of security in the back line what did you make of that and and can they do the same against Nigeria? Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I thought they looked a lot more balanced. And as you say, the wingbacks going forward with the, the cover provided behind them, I thought it worked. Um, I think they probably surprised China lining up like that. But obviously now that surprise is gone and Nigeria will be well aware of the different formations that Serena could put out. With me, I think Serena, once she gets it right, and once she's happy with it, she sticks with it. I think we saw a lot of changes in the first two two games, uh, but I think that will. I'm pretty sure she'll start with how she started in the last game. I think Toon Kelly England coming off the bench are all impactful subs. Yeah. Um, I think England just offers that little bit extra in the box. You know, she stays in the box. She's that target player. Um, been likened to chains for Russo but for me I think they'll start the same obviously I think they'll manage it with the yellow cards as we spoke about earlier in on in the show but I can't see them making too many changes but I think in Nigeria it's a completely diff- different opposition I think they enjoyed so much of the ball against China um, they won't have that much time on the ball at all no but actually you saw Nigeria struggle against Ireland when Ireland played three at the back in that last mm-hmm. sixteen in that last group game. So, uh, I mean, obviously the Nigerians might have learnt from that, but they yeah. didn't score, yeah. um, which, which is heartening for for England. Whereas England got six past uh, past China, so it's certainly something that they're going to going to look at. I mean, Katie Zell, I thought Katie Zellan was excellent. I thought I thought. She did the job she needed to do in terms of keeping, protecting the the back three. She calmed everything down. She was really confident in in, in ball possession. And and I really enjoyed her in that role. Do you think she's going to stay there? I think so. I think, you know, that was a massive, massive pressure match for her to come into your first game, World Cup game, in a really important match. I think all the noise has been about how will England survive without Kira Walsh, but she's come on and I thought she was remarkable. I mm. thought she did absolutely everything right. Didn't do anything too crazy, just kept it really, really simple, just kept the ball moving. She was always uh, looking for the ball, always an option. And I think with her just sitting in, it allows Stanway just to progress a little bit further up the pitch. So that's a nice balance there. And I think we we also saw from the back Millie Bright coming in and, mm. and winning challenges and getting higher up the pitch because she felt confident with the cover behind her. So I think now that spine looks like solid, solid spine, mm. which I think maybe we were lacking. It had a bit of curvature. Yeah, a little bit of curvature, <laughs> which wasn't great to watch. But I'll tell you no, what I else think... I really liked, actually, because Alessia Russo has been quiet by Alessia mm. Russo standards. But in this game, because she had the support of Lauren Hemp playing in a in a slightly different role... It, it allowed Alessia Russo a little bit more freedom. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, she's she's a, a real rounder of a player. Like, she'll drop in to receive the ball. We saw her a lot 
drop coming out wide, one v ones down the wide channels, and then getting the ball in. And I think you know that that front three with James as the ten, I think it works really well. I can't believe I mentioned Lauren James's name. Yeah. I know, my God, five minutes into the into Blimey. this analysis, I know the thing is you could make the entire pod yeah, about Lauren true, James quite true. easily. Let's give everyone else a shout. But out. let's give her some love though, because actually in in the um, second game. Um, when Rachel Daly played at left back as opposed to coming on in the first game as a as a substitute for Alessia Russo yeah. in that nine. Working as left back down the left with Lauren James working on the left-hand side instead of Lauren Hemp, I thought was brilliant. Mm. But it just shows actually how versatile this team are because Lauren James teed up Lauren Hemp for yeah. that, that, that stunning goal that, that she scored. And actually, she can just roam around the pitch. Players protect her and yeah. she can do what she does best as well. And, you know, she can just pop up with a goal from nothing. Oh, she's ridiculous. And I think that's, in an interview, she said that the coach just lets her play, lets her be free. And I think when you've got a player as special as that, just let her go. You know, the players around her will fill in the spaces, will fill in the gaps. For Lauren James, I think, it. you know, the, the more you can move her around the pitch, the better, because quickly now, opposition, she's going to be the key mm. when they're an, analysing how can they stop Lauren James. I mean... So far, no one's been able to do it in WSL or or on a national or on the national stage. So, yeah, I think Lauren James obviously grown, but yeah, going back to Russo, I thought she looked a lot more like herself against China, a lot more free, free confident. Mm. She's got the goals now. I think as a striker, that pressure's always with you, and she, you could see maybe she was trying a little bit too hard to get that goal, but now she's got it under the belt. I think she'll kick on as well in this tournament. So let's focus on the on the Super Falcons then, because. You know, England haven't played Nigeria since 2004 and Nigeria were uh, victorious in that. It was a 3-0 victory in a friendly against what was then Hope Powell's England in, in Reading. Um, they beat them previous to that in, in 2002 as well. Um, so, you know, th th there's not that much recent history between these two sides. But... Lucy Bronze is going to know her Barcelona teammate, Asisa Oshuala, who has been fantastic um, so far. So, and obviously, England always do their, their due diligence. But what from Nigeria have you seen that, that um, is going to threaten England? I think, obviously, you've touched on her there. Oshuala is the key player, striker, one of the best strikers in the world. And I think when you've got a player like that on your team, anything is possible. Um, she... She's got that energy, she's physical, she's that target player for them, she can hold the ball up. But I think for me, just all round, like if you're looking at the games that they've already come through, they're, they're actually really tough games. Mm. I mean, to beat Australia on home soil in front of the crowds that Australia have been pulling in and that support, that's a huge, huge victory for a team like Nigeria who haven't had, go back to the federations back and they have, I know they've spoken out about it. Mm probably half, nearly half as way as good as the prep that maybe an Australian side has. And then draw into Canada, Olympic gold medalists. Incredible. So I think they've got that confidence. I think they're, they will press England energy, a lot of energy and a lot of pressure. So I think England just have to move that ball a little bit quicker, a bit, bit be clever with their play. I think the the physicality. I think we saw in the first match against Haiti and 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 the directness of them. England struggled with, but I think now with that back that back line looking a bit more solid, I think 
we have enough there to nullify their main threat in Oshala. Yeah, um, let's hear what uh, the Nigeria head coach Randy Waldrum had to say. Similar to, to what you mentioned there, actually, Jenna, he's full of confidence for those reasons. He spoke after their goalless draw against Republic of Ireland when it was confirmed they'd made it through to the round of 16. I just told them two years ago when we started this journey, so many things went well and so many things didn't go well. They never gave up. They continued to believe. I don't think anybody before we got here believed that we could get out of this group and go through it without losing a match in this group. Um, so I'm so proud of them and the effort they put in and so happy for them that they're getting to experience this and, and move on to the next round. And how did you approach this game? They had strategy written all over it. Yeah, you know, I, I was actually in the second half disappointed because I thought we we could have won could have won the match, and so it almost feels disappointing that we didn't get the result of the three points. But all of us would have taken this result before we started the match just to know we got through. So that was the objective: to be getting to the knockout stages. And you are going to play either England or Denmark. How do you assess your chances against either of the two? Well, look. I think they're going to be another great team. If it's England, it's the European champions. We've already played the Olympic gold medalists. We've already played the host nation. So it's just going to be another one of those matches that we've already been playing in. And it was confirmed it was England uh, shortly after that. And, you know, as you said, he makes a really good point about the tough teams that they've already faced. But a lot's always said for African teams about their physicality. But actually, Nigeria have really shown their technical ability in this tournament. Yeah, and I think that, you know, we're seeing now these players going off and playing professional football all over the world. And as a result of that, we're seeing, you know, shock results and... Players are working day in and day out in a professional environment, so obviously their technical ability is going to improve. And I think over the last probably two, three seasons, the investment at league level and the fact that these players are going around the world to play their professional football, of course the technical side of the game is now going to catch up as well, which we're seeing, and especially with this Nigerian team. Yeah, absolutely right. We need to uh, lighten the mood, I feel got a few days worth of tension ahead of England's game against Nigeria and who best to lighten that tension than our England reporter Courtney Sweetman-Kirk because she sat down with midfielder Jordan Nobbs earlier on in the week to try and get the lowdown on what her teammates would be up to if they weren't professional footballers. Have a listen to this. If you wasn't a footballer, what do you think you'd be? I know I'd want to be an F1 driver. I love everything fast, so yeah, an F1 driver. Lucy Bronze. I think she would be a good politician. Um, got the brains, can speak different languages. She can do everything, really. <laughs> she wants Whatever she wants to be. Yeah. yeah. What about uh, Lotta Wuber Moy? I think she'd fight for like women's rights or something. She's just amazing when it comes to. Um, things being green and um, everything like that. Beth England, she, you know, she's got a lot of tattoos, maybe a tattoo artist, or I know she loves her dogs as well. Yeah, we talked about our dogs today, actually, so maybe a, a good dog, dog walker and then, like, part-time tattooist. What about Mary Earps? Um, I think she'd probably go on a TikTok or something. I mean, she loves her videos and that. She, she might not be happy that I've said that one out of all of them, but... Professional TikToker, that's yeah, not why too not? bad. You can earn a decent living from that. What about the gaffer, <laughs> Serena Wiegmann? 
I mean, she's good enough at this job, really, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people would agree with that. I think she's doing the job that, that she was always destined to do, Jenna, wasn't she? I always love hearing uh, what the lionesses have to say about each other. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of route one, isn't it, Mary Earps being a TikToker? I've seen, I'm not a TikToker myself, but I have seen some of Mary Earps' TikToks, if that's what they're called. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I think if anyone can pull off a TikTok account, it would be Mary Earps. <laughs> <laughs> just to have constant visions of her just jumping on random. What could be her thing would be just jumping on random and people's desks and giving it the heave-ho like she did <laughs> during the Euros. I mean, may- maybe once her football career is over, that's what she could uh, she could do. Um, what would you have done if you weren't a footballer? I've got two, I think. Maybe part-time on a part-time. I think one would be a goalkeeper coach. Okay. They always that's look like still they in have football. S- still in football. That's cheating. All right. Okay, the other one would be I would just walk dogs all day, every okay. day. That's right. <laughs> There's such a, honestly, so many of, of, of the players in the Lionesses team have dogs and, yeah. you know, they've all got Instagram accounts and their dogs and stuff. It's uh, it's it's lovely. Uh, right, you're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Ruthers. Uh, Jenna Scalacci, dog walker, is with me. Uh, coming up, back to On The Pit matters we'll get serious again and preview all the games from the last 16. You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show in association with Zero small business accounting software and proud partner of England Women. Dream bigger. If you missed this episode live or duck in halfway through, do not worry. We're also available on podcast. Plenty of places you can download us, but first head to the TalkSport app to find us. Uh, right. Last 16, we've previewed England against Nigeria already. Let's start in order, shall we? Because this is our last pod. Friday is a rest day at the World Cup in Australia. And this is our last pod until Monday, where we'll be featuring all the reaction from England's hopefully victory over Nigeria uh, to get them through to the quarterfinals but uh, other teams will have already booked their places by then. Saturday 6am UK time, it's Switzerland against Spain. Could be a close one. I mean Spain looked strong before they played Japan where they looked very, very weak but you know, Switzerland have only recorded one win in their group game. Is this easy? I think you know, prior to the hiccup that Spain had, I think they looked prolific in front of goal there so they can definitely score the goals I think Switzerland have struggled to score but I don't think their defence is a joke they've not actually conceded Mm. Um, so I think it's going to be quite a a nice matchup but I think Spain given the goals that they have scored and the qualities that they do have in that top line for me I think I'm going to call Spain on that one I know I said at the beginning of the show I'm going to give up predicting but I'm going for Going for Spain. What, what they're going to have to be careful of is not getting caught on the counter-attack because yeah. all of Japan's goals came from from that way. They had all the possession Spain and they're going to be difficult to break down Switzerland so they're going to have to be aware of that. Yeah, and I think maybe that Japan game has come as a bit of a blessing in disguise because when they look, that, look at that back and they analyse it, I don't think they'll be caught like that again. You know, that was a painful result and it was probably against the runner-play mm. majority. Um, they looked vulnerable so I think actually that defeat and the manner of the defeat could be a blessing for them because I don't think they'll make their mistakes again. No, I I think Japan will have been absolutely delighted with the fact that they've drawn Norway, which you would not expect when you look at that on paper, that's at nine o'clock kickoff on Saturday, updates on, on Talk Sport and Japan have been one of the highest scoring teams in the tournament so far. Norway's, you know, dominant 6-0 win, albeit over the Philippines... 
I don't know. I think you and I have spoken previously about what's going on behind the scenes um, for, for Norway, and, and I feel as if that was just a one-off performance. Oh, 100%. I think you're looking at Japan's record here. They've scored 11, conceded none. They bulldozed their way through the group stages. And Norway, as you say, obviously shocked defeat against New Zealand. Only went through on goal difference. Went through on goal difference. Knocking out the co-hosts. Something is not clicking in that camp. Mm. Um, Japan's probably the worst opponents they could come up against right now. They're they're scary. Yeah, they're they scary. are. And the thing is, you look at um, Norway's front line, we don't know whether we're going to see Ada Hegerberg anymore because we still don't know exactly what it yeah. is that's wrong with her. Illness slash groin slash doesn't fancy it slash <laughs> God knows what's going on with Carolina Graham Hansen. Additionally, yes. Hege Risa basically pushing the players to say what she wants them to, to, to say. There's just It's just an unrestful camp, whereas the Japan side just seem organised, sorted, clearly have a goal in mind. Yeah, and I think, you know, even when they're not at their best, this Japan team, you've seen the result they pulled off against Spain and they, they didn't play at their best. I don't think they'll be happy with that performance, but they still come away with lots of goals and a win. And yeah, I think, as you say, Norway, I think it's such a shame, I think, for this, just for the world of football, that these players in this squad, like, if you were looking at the team on paper before the start of the tournament, you'd have them down as one of the favourites, mm. but they're just underperforming. I don't know whether there's too many individuals in that team. I think something between the management and the group isn't isn't right at the minute. Obviously, players are speaking up and that's probably the worst thing you want when mm. you're in a tournament set up. And great for us. Great for us. <laughs> great for the, yeah, the neutral, but my journalist nightmare, nightmare for the Norway camp and yeah, probably Japan in for that one. Yeah, I, 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 bearing in mind our predictions can be a little bit off, Jenna. I think that's the one I feel really confident <laughs> oh, in, which means that it. we're going to speak on Monday, having said that Japan, the favourites, are now out. out. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, Netherlands look really comfortable, don't they, so far? Sunday, 3am UK time, they're in action against South Africa, who sealed their spot in the last 16, thanks to that last-minute win over Italy. I mean, it's going to be a really tough ask uh, for Desiree Ellis's side, but they've got so much spirit and togetherness, haven't they? But can they break down this Dutch team? Yeah, I mean, South Africa, they've defied the odds to get to this stage anyway. And they've put in some great performances, great results. And but they come up against now a really experienced and a, a team full of talents. I think at the start of the tournament, we spoke about Miedemar not being there, but they seem to be doing just OK at the minute. Um, they're just unbeaten. Okay. Just they're a OK. Bit better than they're that, get, aren't they? They're, get, they're getting on all right without her. They're getting on all right without her. Good shape defensively, though. Maybe still some vulnerabilities, but no, I think I think they're growing into the tournament. Netherlands um, had a great group round in, in the group, and I think South Africa may be a task too big for them. Yeah, this Netherlands team, just given the experience and and quality that they do have on that pitch. Yeah, I think the Dutch will be delighted with uh, with their last like 16 <laughs> opponents uh, for sure. Um, Sweden, USA, tantalising. 10am Sunday morning. I'll be sitting there watching that with my feet up and a cup of tea in my hand. In fact, I won't be. I'll be at the King Power Stadium watching uh, Leicester against Coventry, but with my eyes keenly on this before kickoff. I think is at, at 12 o'clock. Uh, the USA obviously had to cling on to their place in the tournament by scraping through 
through against Portugal. Sweden's most recent encounter was a 5-0 walloping of Italy, a performance that showed that the Olympic silver medalists actually mean business. I mean, a mightily accomplished attacking unit they have, including Stina Blackstenius, as we know from uh, Arsenal, um, Kosovar Aslani and Fridolina Rolfo. Certainly going to be one of the best games in this round of 16. Uh, who's going to win or lose it? Where's it going to be won or lost? Uh, this um, this is the one I'm most excited about other than the England match. I think this is going to be a great game of football. I think obviously Sweden are probably more the most informed team out of the two at the moment. I think USA have been completely underwhelming to mm. watch. Um, we're not seeing the traits of a successful USA team, the re- you know, ruthlessness in front of goal, the high pressure. I think they started the last game on the front foot, high press, but then it lacked off towards the end of the match and they 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 were nearly not knocked out. <laughs> I nearly fell off my seat when Portugal broke and it hit the post. Like they were so close to being out and that would have been a massive, massive shock. But how are they in that position where USA aren't even, you know, mm. they have to win and they couldn't get the win. They got the they got the draw. They they they've got through on the the final thread so for me I think I think we're going to see a sh- I don't know if it would be a shock actually on form I'm going to go with Sweden Ooh. but I know you can't write an, an American team off but for me something's just not not working there they've got the experience they've got the youth something's not quite gelling mm, for well- me Interesting you say that because you might just get a bit of a response from uh, USA captain Lindsay Horan because she's not particularly (laughs) happy with USA legend Carly Lloyd after she hit out at the collective efforts of the team following those two consecutive draws against the Netherlands and Portugal. She not only questioned the team's mentality but also slammed the players for taking it for granted. She accused the US women's national team of being arrogant after Vlatko Andonovsky's players finished the group stage campaign with their worst ever points tally, five, in the in World Cup history. Uh, let's hear what the USA captain had to say. Again, it is noise. Um, sometimes, you know, you hear it, you see it, and sometimes it's hard to, to get away get away from it. But again, it's, it's your guys' job to have the opinion you know, of our team. You guys are all watching us. Everyone in the world gets to have their opinion. Um, and this is, uh, it's the World Cup. You know, it's the biggest stage and teams are better and better. Um, some of the most competitive matches that, you know, we've been a part of or we've seen. And, you know, you see some of these massive teams going out of the World Cup as well. And it's it's crazy. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the World Cup. Uh, this is what we're playing for. We're playing for these big matches. We're playing for these big moments, these pressure cookers. And that's what we want to be a part of. And, you know, us being the U.S. national team, we're always going to have that. You, you guys always want to talk about us, and we're, we're going to take that, that pressure. We're going to go with it, but we're going to, you know, focus on ourselves and, you know, look at everything internally and, and try to keep the noise out as much as possible, but, you know, use it to our advantage too because we're going to go out and, and we're going to fight and we're going to do everything that, you know, we've done in the past World Cups, the past major tournaments to go win this game. And that's why you can't write them off, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, just listening to that, they feel like it sounds like they're angry. I think angry with you as well. Yeah, now. angry with me now. <laughs> I'm going to take it all back. <laughs> no, I think, you know, they need a reaction, obviously. Mm-hmm. And if any team's going to do it, it's going to be this USA team. They, they they might just turn it on against Sweden, but 
the difference for me, I think, is Sweden are scoring goals when they need them and USA are struggling. Yeah, um, Australia had been struggling uh, without Sam Kerr until uh, the last group game sealed their qualification. Co-hosts, of course, they play Denmark on Monday. It's an 11.30 kickoff after England's match against Nigeria. Um, they, the Danes, you'll remember, booked their place in the next round of the tournament with a win over Haiti on Tuesday. They'll face the Matildas at Stadium Australia and it's going to be their first appearance beyond the group stage of the World Cup since 1995. Uh, Captain Penelope Harder, until recently a teammate of uh, Sam Kerr's, of course, at Chelsea, said the Danish team weren't going to underestimate her former strike partner. She said, I've been lucky to play with her for three years. Um, obviously, she now plays at, at Bayern Munich. She's an amazing player, an amazing person, and I'm looking forward to seeing her, but not to play against her. She's a great striker. She knows where the goal is, and she's got some unbelievable skills with her header that for sure. I mean, you would expect Sam Kerr to be back in the lineup. She didn't feature in any of the group games. That's going to be a huge boost for them, isn't isn't it? Yeah, massive. And I think the way their last game planned out has probably been a positive for them that they didn't have to introduce Kerr into the game for that match. Um, an extra bit of rest for her so that hopefully she will be starting against this Denmark team. I think if she does... She's going to be firing. You know, you can see her sitting, how much it hurt her not being part of the mm. team, missing out. But it sounds like she's just been the true professional getting behind her team. I think she had a little cry, but then she remembered she's part of a team. It's not about her. It's about this team. And I think, yeah, if Sam Kerr starts home advantage... I can only see this one going to Australia. Yeah. Um, Colombia will play Jamaica on Tuesday. That's 9am UK time. Updates on Talk Sport. Ended up topping Group H. We've mentioned them already. Two out of three wins means they play the reggae girls in their round of 16 fixture. This is going to be so much fun. I'm actually really excited <laughs> yeah. about this game. Two totally different styles of football, but both teams eager to make it to the next round. And uh, we'll obviously keep a keen eye on this one even more so because the winner of this game will play either England or Nigeria in the quarterfinals who is going to have the edge yeah two underdogs here isn't it coming head to head I, I, I'm like you I can't wait for this one uh, for me I think if you look at Colombia I mean have their threats we've seen them you know they've pulled off some shock shock victories themselves for me I, I, just looking at this Jamaican team and the, the quality that they do have on the pitch throughout the spine Bunny Shaw up top we've seen her just putting in performance after performance in the last game she was fantastic they survived without her. Your Spurs girls my as well. Girls, my girls smashing it. Becky Spencer in goal. I think, for me, I feel like they're just growing each game. Mm. They're finding their mojo. They're finding their confidence. And I think the ceiling, you know... Sky's no, the limit. There's no limit for this team. It's, it's obviously going to be a tough, tough game against Columbia. They're a tough opponent to come up against. But for me, I'm going to... I'm going to go Jamaica for this one. Oh, okay. I think it's going to be fascinating. Linda Caicedo for a goal for sure. She's been a wonder. Uh, just finally, France against Morocco. We topped, uh, we we chatted Morocco at the top of the show. Uh, France ranked fifth in the world. Morocco ranked 72nd. Wow. The second lowest team in this World Cup getting through. It was just wonderful, wasn't it? That, uh, that game. But the French just haven't looked that good, actually. They've looked bang average and apart from that win which you know was thanks to their captain Wendy Renard mm. over uh, Brazil which ultimately sent Brazil out um, in the end you know the Moroccans are going to be fearless going into this yeah I think obviously they go in as the strong underdogs I think whether they get out of this the last 16 or not I mean 
it's their journey's been a complete success. But going into this, why would they fear? You know, they've they've got out the group. No one probably ever thought they were going to do that now. So yeah, they'll have that fearlessness about them. But that I think they'll show a bit of respect to France as well. I think you're looking at a French team full of quality. Haven't looked the whole package just yet but are they growing each game I think they are they're looking a lot more dangerous each game I think their, their front line on paper is frightening um, so yeah Moroccan defenders I think will be very very busy during this match yeah can't <laughs> wait uh, all the last 16 games kick off you'll have updates on all of them across the TalkSport network on TalkSport and on TalkSport 2 and don't forget England against Nigeria live commentary 8.30 on Monday morning on TalkSport 2 Joe Shannon with Jenna Scalacci uh, thanks for today Jenna see you on Monday yeah I can't wait very much looking forward to it. Thank you to Jenna Scalacci, Molly Hudson, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, Jordan Nobbs, producer Maya, and of course, all of you as ever for listening. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the shows live, download the Women's World Cup show via the TalkSport app. Our next show is on TalkSport 2 on Monday, or you can download it via a podcast where we'll be rounding up all the action from day 16 of the tournament. Next here on TalkSport 2, we bring you live coverage of the Wyndham Championship from the PGA Tour.